We're going to pick up tonight. Uh, we're in the child's room uh, in, our, in our study on the home. Uh, let me take four or five minutes um, this evening to bring us all back to uh, where, we, where we need to be. Uh, we are dealing systematically, step by step, um, subject by subject with the Christian home. Uh, let, me, let me say this to you tonight. Uh, I, I hope you'll agree with me. If not, I hope you'll take home what I'm about to say and, and study on it, think on it, and meditate on it in your mind. Just because you are a Christian does not necessarily mean that you have a Christian home. I'm going to run that one by you again. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that you have a Christian home. Uh, you can have one, and you can't have a Christian home without being a Christian. Uh, but there's a lot of folks that are saved, uh, or maybe a better way to say it would be just because you're saved does not mean that you have a Christian home. There are a lot of people that are saved, uh, but their home is not what God would have it to be. God has given us in His Word, uh, all throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, uh, guidelines, guidelines, um, um, uh, values, principles that we can apply to our home. Uh, and, and, and none of us, including myself, has a monopoly on getting it right. We all uh, have room for improvement. Uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully you are, you are working towards making your home what God wants it to be. Uh, if you'll make it what God wants it to be, you can make a home that you can enjoy living in. Uh, that your family can enjoy living in. And so that ought to be our goal. We're going through all of this. There's a lot of young families, new married couples, as folks been married 30, 40, 50 years even. You say, what could I learn from you? Well, it's not me, but number one, we can always learn from anybody. Uh, number two, this Bible is always, uh, the Bible is always teaching us. Uh, it is always showing us where we lack. Uh, and uh, as long as you live, there's a, the ability to learn and improve something. Uh, and you may have got things wrong, but you can help people now coming along uh, to get them right. Uh, and so we want our home, whether our children are grown, uh, whether our children are in the house or out of the house, or whether we're married, we want our home to be the best that it can be for the glory of God. Even if I live there alone, uh, and thank the Lord, I have a wife and children. I bless His name for that. But even if I live there alone, uh, I can have a Christian home uh, that honors God with whoever is in that home. Uh, and that ought to be our goal tonight. Uh, so we started. We're, we're looking at uh, five stages of home building. Uh, we are in the first stage, which is what I've labeled or called the first stage of home building. That is... Before any dollar is ever spent, before any wood is ever purchased, before any brick is ever placed, we uh, have uh, gone through the first stage of home building. That's, that's simply uh, drawing up the plans of what we want it to look like. Well, God's given you 66 books in your King James Bible to tell you what it can look like, what it should look like, uh, what it needs to look like. Uh, that is the mark. That is what we're going for. If, if we uh, are mirroring our home off of uh, uh, what the world's uh, view of the home ought to be, then it will ever be a changing 
home. It will always be an evolving or a devolving home. But we are not operating off of what the world, uh, and I think I need to clear the air tonight. Uh, I I believe tonight that we ought to just go ahead and make our minds up. Uh, I'm not trying to make my home fit Hollywood's agenda. I'm not trying to make my home fit uh, uh, public society's opinion of what it ought to look like. Uh, A public society didn't save me, didn't redeem me, didn't call me, didn't change my life, didn't fix me, didn't put my feet on a solid and established my goings, the Lord Jesus did. And I am building, by the grace of God, a home that is honoring to Him, pleasing to Him, and is uh, according to what the Word of God says. That ought to be our mindset. Uh, Just go ahead and throw everything out the window about what the latest blogger thinks that you need to be doing in raising your children. The truth of the matter is, is they're no better than you. They're no different than you. They have nothing figured out that you don't have figured out. But what God uh, has given us, it is, uh, it, is, it is His Word. It is holy. It has stood the test of time. And, and, and man has always been able to go to the Word of God to find that which is concrete that he can stand on. So let's, let's get back to that. Uh, the Word of God is our foundation. It is our blueprints. Uh, and that alone. That don't mean I can't take advice from somebody. That don't mean that I, if somebody's not saved, that I can't learn from them. Uh, but that means that the Word of God is my authority, not them. Uh, the Word of God is the last say, not them. Uh, and so let's keep that in mind. Um, uh, also, uh, I've said this, and I will say it again. Uh, just because, uh, and you see uh, what we would call a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, uh, people on both sides, uh, a knee-jerk reaction. If you if you find uh, someone who they, they say I was, uh, 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 they felt like they were abused. Uh, maybe their parents went overboard in, in disciplining them. Uh, there's always, when they get old enough, a knee-jerk reaction where they completely go to the other side and they have no discipline in their home. Uh, just because someone did something wrong or someone took a, a godly Bible principle and did not do it the right way, that does not mean we throw out the principle. It means that we understand, let's, let's, let's do this right thing the right way. But don't have a knee-jerk reaction in anything that you do. Uh, because, because just because the people in your life that brought you up may have got it wrong does not mean that the goal was wrong. does not mean that what they uh, were trying to do was wrong. They just did it the wrong way. Uh, and, and the Bible principle still stands. Keep the Bible, I can't emphasize that enough, keep the Bible principles. They work, they work. The problem has never been the Bible, the problem has never been the Bible way. The problem has been the people trying to apply the Bible. Uh, I hear people all the time, well I tried what the Bible said, it don't work. Uh, trying what the Bible, the Bible works. The Bible principle works. The problem may be me and my application. And then I need to seek the Lord. God, I'm, I'm trying to do this according to your word. Help me. Show me where I'm wrong. But don't throw out the Bible principle. Don't ever throw out the Bible principle in anything that you're doing uh, in your Christian life. All right, let's look tonight. We, we, we went through different bedrooms. We're going to build a house. We're on the first stage of home building. We're going to build a home. And so we sat down and determined what do we want our home to look like. And so we, we decided that we want... In our home, we want a living room. Uh, that is the place for fun and fellowship. 
And I want to invite you again tonight to make, a, make room in your Christian home for fun and fellowship. Make it a home where the people who live there enjoy living there. It can't always be fun because we have responsibilities. We have to go to school. We have to go to work. We have to mow the grass. Uh, but try your best to make home a place that people's not trying to get out of all the time. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, coming home, mom, dad, shutting your room, shutting the world out, letting your kids tend to themselves, uh, may, may, they may say that's what they want, but that's not what they want. That's not what they want. They want interaction with you. They want fellowship with you. They want to know that you care. Or letting them come home, slam the door, go to their bedroom, lock themselves in their bedroom the rest of the day. That's not a Bible principle. That don't work. They are missing something in their life. And you are the parent. You are in charge. It is your responsibility to bring them into a place of fellowship, to bring them into a place of fun, to bring them uh, into, uh, uh, and don't, don't mistake fun for, uh, all right, y'all go do what you enjoy, y'all go do what you enjoy. There may be time for that, but what we need is fellowship in the home together. Uh, there was a, uh, a generation uh, that was very big on, uh, on, on the dinner table, uh, and, and I think we've lost a lot of that, uh, that would be something good to bring back. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, you say, well, it's awkward. Why is it awkward with the people that you live with? If you can't sit down at the dinner table and talk to the people you live with, uh, we, we're messed up more than we thought we are. Uh, if you don't have a relationship with the people living in your house, then don't expect a 14-year-old to fix it. Uh, you fix it. They're not the parent. You're the parent. Uh, figure out where you lost it, do everything you can to get it back uh, and bring that back into your life. Uh, husbands and wives need that. Uh, a place for fun and fellowship. When you, were, when you were dating or courting or whatever you want to call it, uh, that you were doing when, when you, uh, whether courting or dating or seeing one another, however, uh, whatever generation you come up in, it, it was called something different. Uh, when you were doing that, you had fun with one another. Uh, that's why you got married. You enjoyed one another's company. Uh, if time has robbed that, then make, make an effort. Uh, make a, I mean, to make a determination. Let's do things together that we enjoy. Uh, we need a living room in our Christian home. Uh, if, if we have a Christian home and nobody wants to be there, do we have a Christian home? If we have a Christian home and our children don't, and I understand it's always nice. Kids want to go spend time with grandparents. Kids want to go spend the night with a friend. I understand that. But when nobody ever wants to be at our home, could we really call it a Christian home and the people who live there don't want to be there? Are you hearing me tonight? Uh, then the next room we looked at in our Christian home was, uh, was uh, as we were determining the prince, the next room, uh, if I'm, I believe it was the laundry room. Is that right? Uh, the next room, I think, yeah, the, the, oh, the master bedroom. We looked at the kitchen, uh, the master bedroom. We looked at the laundry room. Uh, then we, uh, we've looked at uh, the bathroom. Uh, if you didn't, if you wasn't here and you didn't get all of these and these sound odd, you can go on our website and you can find them and maybe it'll make sense to you. Uh, we looked at the closets and all of these have a purpose. They have an application 
to our Christian home. Uh, tonight, I want to get back to where we left off about five weeks ago, and I want to look at the child's room. Uh, this is the room for, uh, for our future. This is the room for fostering. This is the room where we are bringing up young people that are going to live uh, in the world. And so I think we ended up, I think we let off uh, looking at four, uh, four lessons that we need to make sure that we teach. The first one was respect. Uh, the second one was responsibility. Again, if you didn't get these, you can just very easily go to our home builders on our website uh, or on the podcast and you can find those. Uh, tonight, I want to look at the third lesson in the child's room. Uh, and that is, uh, the first one was respect. The second one was responsibility. The third one tonight is restraint. Uh, if, if, if I am going to have a Christian home, if I'm going to raise up young people, uh, in this in this hour, uh, I need I need to learn the value of respect. Uh, I need uh, to learn uh, the benefits of responsibility, but I also need to learn and teach uh, the benefits of restraint. Uh, the word restraint, the dictionary defines restraint like this: a measure or condition that keeps someone or something under control or within limits. Simply put, restraint is the ability to be told no or the ability to tell oneself no. Uh, let me give you a verse tonight. It's at the back of, of your paper, but I, I want to give it to you in the beginning. It's Proverbs 16 and verse number 32. The Bible said, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Now watch this. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. I'll read it again. He that is slow to, ang slow to anger is better than the mighty. So the benefit of being slow to anger is that you are better than the mighty. And then he that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh the city. Uh, if you uh, were strong enough uh, to overpower a city, the Bible said you'd be stronger, you'd be better if you could rule your own spirit. That a man who can say yes or no to his own spirit is more mighty, is better than a man who could take and overcome an entire city. But could I, I think of Samson when I read that verse. Samson could kill a lion with his bare hands, but he couldn't tell himself no when it come to Delilah or to honey uh, from the lion's carcass, uh, or to wine from the vineyard. Uh, Samson, Samson could tell, uh, could tell his, and, and we never read an account where Samson drank wine. He had the vow of a Nazarite, and, uh, uh, and, and, and we know uh, that we never read an account, but he found himself living in a place where that was all it was known for. Uh, I think of Samson when I, when I read this text, uh, with his bare hands, could could fight a, uh, a, a, a an army of men, uh, could kill a lion, uh, and yet he had had no power to rule his own spirit. Uh, I don't know that we can take complete responsibility for an individual that comes up in our homes' ability to rule their own spirit uh, or have restraint. 
but I do know that we can make efforts and strides in their life to help them have that ability. Uh, and we certainly aren't helping them uh, in the average home today because most people get what they want when they want. Is that right? Uh, I, I, I appreciate our wealth and we are uh, the wealthiest nation where uh, we've got wealth beyond measure uh, and, and you can see it everywhere uh, in everything that we do. Uh, you can find the, the poorest people in our society uh, and, and every one of them has TVs, they all have internet, they all have cell phones, they're all plugged in to something, even the poorest among us. Uh, and and, and uh, they, they, they have the ability to get, 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 get. We are a consumer-based uh, generation, and I, I don't mind being a consumer. I appreciate being a consumer. Uh, however, uh, one thing that we have lost is the ability to ever say no no to our own selves and the uh, ability to say no uh, to our children uh, it is a uh, it, it is a problem uh, that we are seeing and we are now beginning to reap the benefits uh, or, or not the benefits we are now beginning to reap the uh, the uh, reward don't even sound right but it is the reward of our inability to say no, we have a generation they don't understand that word. Uh, if I feel it, I'll do it. If I want it, I'll do it. If I desire it, I'll have it. Uh, and, and, and the Lord said that if you can rule your own spirit, you're mightier than the man that could take a city. What does that make you if you can't rule your own spirit? Have you ever seen someone that had so much potential, that had so much ability to uh, to be somebody to do something for the glory of God, but you, but you watch them systematically destroy their life because it was one thing they never learned. They never learned how to say no to themselves. Let, let, me, let me say something to you tonight. And I'm talking to adults in here. I'm talking to young people in here. I'm talking to married couples in here. I'm talking to people with kids and people without kids. Let me say something to you tonight. You're never too old to start learning how to do things better than how you've been doing them. You're never too old to start doing things in your life to tell yourself no. That, that, it, it wouldn't hurt you. Uh, and this is off of, 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 of the script tonight. I've got all this written out and I try to stick with it as much as possible. But I, uh, every now and then, I, I, every now and then, all the time I run rabbits when I'm dealing with this. Uh, and, and so this will be no different tonight. Um, there, there, there ought to be some things that you, that you do just because you want to make sure of who's in control. Uh, what 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 do I what do I mean by that? Uh, there 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 ought to be there ought to be times, and I and I try to do this in in my life uh, when it comes to something like fasting, uh, where where if you've ever fasted, you found out how hard it actually is to say no. There's some things it's not hard to say no to, but food's not one of those things. It's hard. And if you've ever fasted for a day or two or longer or an extended fast, you find out that the problem is not hunger. You get over hunger in about a day. It's not hunger. It's not the way that your belly feels. It, it, it shuts down in about a day and a half to two, three days, and you're not even that hungry. But it's all up here in your mind. 
and your mind tells you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Why won't you feed me? You hate me. Why won't you feed me? You're trying to kill me, aren't you? You're going to die. You're going to starve to death. That's what your mind says to you. Why don't you feed me? It's not, your, your, body, your body doesn't take long and your body says, okay, I'm fine. It's good to rest. Uh, but your mind uh, runs the show. I, I try to make fasting a commonplace in my life at least once a year to remind me of how strong my flesh is. And that I have through the grace of God and, 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 and the power of Christ that's living in me, the ability to say no to my flesh in spite of how, uh, how, bad, uh, how badly it desires things. Uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing to say, all right, home, family, for a week, we're going to turn off our TV and, and we're going we're gonna to take a week and we're going to replace TV time with Bible reading time. And everybody in the house is going to go, oh, Dad, oh, my, why? Uh, and here's the reason why. is because we need to keep ourselves in check because we have a really hard time telling ourselves no. Are you hearing me this evening? Now, you may not do that. that that'll, be, that'll be between you and the Lord, but it probably wouldn't hurt us. Uh, let, let me get back to the... Uh, let me get back to what, what I have written down here. The truth is, a little self-control goes a long way, and the first place we should learn it is as children at home. The child who never learns the word no will have an extremely hard time functioning as an adult. They will soon find out you don't always get the house, the job, or the car you want. Things don't always go your way. Furthermore, an even greater lesson to be learned by restraint is how to tell one's own self no. Just because you, you want something doesn't mean you should have it. Just because you desire something doesn't make it right. How much financial freedom would many people have if they could only learn the word no? How many homes would still be intact if one or maybe both spouses would have practiced self-control? Sometimes what we want is not always what is best. Uh, now, I'll, I'll give you some Bible uh, here in just a minute. Uh, let me, let me, I, I asked uh, in the office a little bit ago, there was a handful of folks over there printing out papers and getting the songs ready. And so I said, y'all give me an illustration. Uh, I, I said, I, I need an illustration of, uh, of some event or something that you've witnessed recently of a, of a parent uh, that told their child no uh, their child pitched a fit, and uh, in order to appease that child, the parents gave in to it, uh, and, and, and one right after another, they, 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 they just give me illustrations. Oh, I've seen this, and this, and this, and this family member, and I've seen this person. Uh, come to find out, it's very common, uh, and we all know that it is. Um, well, I don't know what to do, preacher. Uh, they, 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 when they don't get... <laughs> And I hate that we have to teach this, but we just have to teach it. It's just a part of life now. Um, I, I, was it Isaiah that said, and I've referenced this in this class before, but was it Isaiah that said uh, that when, when God's judgment's on a generation, their children are their oppressors? I believe it was Isaiah. That children rule the house. They are the oppressors. And parents are scared to death of their child. 
And so in order to appease that child, whatever that child wants, okay, we'll take this. Uh, and we start that out early. Uh, and, and, and I understand you got a little baby and you, you know, you, we'll take the passy, quit crying. We're going to do something. We don't know. We can't talk to you. We can't communicate what's wrong with you. Uh, but when they get older, uh, we, here's what we do. We set them in front of a, a screen. We set them in front of a computer. We set them in front of a tablet. We set them in front of a cell phone. We set them in front of a movie. We set them in front of a video game. And Disney becomes their babysitter. And the whole reason is, is because we don't know what to do with them. We set them in front of something, and we set something in front of them. And, and used to, a parent would put a toy, and I, and, and, and I know I, I'm outdated, and folks will say, well, it's different times. I understand that, and maybe there's a place for all of these things. But what we are doing is we are, we are, we are creating an issue where a child knows, and they're not as dumb as we think they are, where a child knows all I've got to do is scream, cry, and get angry and roll in the floor, pout, get mad, and my parents will give me the thing that I desire, and we think now life is peaceful again. And what we don't realize is that we are developing an individual that's going to grow up in a world where they must be told yes and if they're not told yes, uh, they are going to not know how to interact. They're going to not know how to respond until they get their way. Uh, I, I think, I think uh, we can see that now coming to fruition. And not to get political tonight, but people burning down cities, people, people bashing in businesses, and we're not seeing a whole lot of that right now, uh, but we'll probably see it again. Because no one ever told them no. And they have the mindset, I can do what I want to do, and if I don't get my way, I'll destroy what you've got. I'll take my toys and go home. Um... No's not a bad word. No, you can't do that. Why? Because I'm your father. And I said no. Oh, y'all talk back to me. No, you can't go stay at their house. Why? Everybody is. Because the Holy Spirit grieved me and I'm your father and I said no. I remember a time I was a kid and my whole fifth grade class was going to stay at a, at a young man's house. And uh, even in my day, um, you could see some of this was around. The young man had two moms. And uh, my, my daddy asked a handful of questions because I wanted to go and he, he said no. I was so angry. Why? Everybody else is going, I didn't understand. Why? And he said, because I'm your father. And I said, no. I was so angry. I was so mad. I missed out the whole class. Got to go. And I did not get to go. Come to find out that when all of them got there, there were some neighborhood kids uh, that came over. Uh, and, and a lot of bad stuff happened. A lot of bad stuff happened that messed up a whole lot of people. Uh, I didn't recognize it then, but I want to look back now and say, thank God I had a father who knew how to tell me no. 
don't, 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 don't feel like your responsibility is to make them your best friend. At 10 years old, they're not going to be your best friend. And, and you know this if you've raised them. The older they get, the less that's going to be for a while. If they're not your best friend at 10, they're definitely not going to be at 12, 13, 14, 15. They don't, won't even like you then. But there'll come a day when they're in their 20s, maybe their 30s, where they'll realize my dad, my mother had my best interest at heart. They kept me out of trouble that would have destroyed my life. And they'll come back around and then you can be best friends. And I've seen some of the greatest friends be a mother and a, and a son or a mother and a daughter or a father and a son or a father and a daughter. And the father's in his 50s or 60s and the daughter's in her 20s or 30s or vice versa and, uh, with, the, with it being a son or a daughter. And, and, and the reason why is because there will come a time when they realize I learned something at home. The word no. The word no. Uh, I watch, and even in a whole lot of our Christian homes, we, 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 we've not figured that one out yet. No. And, and, and here's what I've watched. We, we know how to say it. No, you can't do that. Until that kid, and they know how to work you. Some of them will pitch a fit, and you don't want to be embarrassed. And so, okay, just do whatever you want to do, just leave me alone. Some of them won't pitch a fit, they'll pout, they know how to work your emotions. Well, come here, I'm sorry. Daddy didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Man, that child knows, my daddy's so dumb, he's gullible. No. Let, let, let me say this to you moms and dads tonight and, and, and you mothers. I, we, we hear the, a mother's intuition. I believe in it. I believe in it. I believe a mother has intuition and I believe, I believe a father has some as well. I believe a mother has intuition. I, I, I believe, I, 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 but, but if we want to just take it in a Bible sense uh, and I believe God is the one who equipped a mother with that intuition but if we're just going to take I, I believe we have the spirit of Christ living in us that speaks to us listen to yourself that's my advice not listen to yourself when the spirit of God troubles you about something it don't matter what the rest of the world's doing listen to yourself is anybody hearing me tonight when the Spirit of God troubles you or what, uh, bothers you about what your child is doing, then don't hide from that. Follow up with that. And God will speak to you. A lot of times we don't want to deal with things because we don't want to deal with it. And dealing with stuff takes some time. Dealing with stuff... Uh, take some energy. Sometimes I just want to go to bed. Can I get a witness right there? I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. But see, God has, uh, God has given me a responsibility to handle things. Um, and when God speaks to you, listen. 
God, God may say something, uh, just speaking to your spirit, just speaking to your heart. God may say something like this. Something's not right. You know why God will talk to you that way? Because God very much cares about that child that you're bringing up in your world. And he wants them to get it right. And he put them in your house so you can help them get it right. And when he speaks to you about that, then you start trying to figure out what God's troubled you about. I, you don't have them long. And man, don't it fly by. Seems like just yesterday they were your kid's age, and it won't be but tomorrow, and they won't be that anymore. Isn't it hard to believe, Miss Bonnie, that she's old enough to have kids in school? <laughs> it don't take long, does it? And while you've got them, do everything you can is anybody hearing me tonight? To influence their life in such a way that one thing that they learn is restraint. And you could take that as far as uh, as, as, as a visit to the cupboard or the refrigerator. When, when I was, uh, and I try to implement this stuff at my home, and I'm, I'm not saying look at me, look at me, look at me, and I'm the epitome, because I get a lot of it wrong, too. But, but, I, but I try, and I thank God for my, for my, for my mother and my father and, 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 and the upbringing that they gave me. And it may have not all been perfect, but it was a, ro- a lot of right lessons that I learned. Um, we, 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 we didn't drink an endless supply of Cokes. Uh, or sodas or whatever you want to call it. We, we didn't have an endless supply of that. Mom made tea. We drank tea for supper and water every other meal or every other. If you were thirsty, you drank water. God made that. Everything else costs money. Uh, if you wanted a snack, you waited just a little bit longer, another meal was rolling around. Are you starving? Yes. All right, well, let's see if you can live for another 30 minutes. Lunch will be ready. That was just the way it was. Now, and everybody, everybody, when I say stuff like this, everybody's like, man, he, you know, he's just, whatever y'all think. Uh, but no one knows how to tell their own self no because they were never told no, and they go to the cabinet all day long go to the pantry all day long, go to the fridge all day long, drink Cokes like their water all day long. And that's easy to get into even when you couldn't do that coming up. I couldn't do that coming up, but I find it very easy to do now. Man, I can knock out a box of Little Debbie's by myself and wash them down with a two-liter Diet Coke. Somebody help me right there. And, and, and sneak her a little bit and say, get that, mama. Yeah, you wouldn't let me drink that. Now, I, now I'm a grown man. I can drink all of it I want. <laughs> I don't really ever think that when I drink. When I drink a Diet Coke. <laughs> uh, I got to say that because my brother's here. He'll call mama and tell her. He'll tell her I know he will. <laughs> They're always looking for, for something to get me on. Little brothers. No. How long has it been since you told your own self no? To anything. 
How long has it been, let's go to the other side of that, since you said yes to do that thing that you, sometimes reading your Bible, you, you have to, yes, I'm going to do that. Praying, yes, I'm going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that sin. No, I'm not going to allow that in my life. We're raising a generation of kids and they've never been made to do anything. And they've never been made not to do anything. And anything they want to do, they do it. And anything they don't want to do, say, okay, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Do you not see the problem there? I mean, I'm talking seriously. Do you not see the problem there? I want you to do this, 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 and this. I don't want to do that. Okay, baby, that's all right if you don't want to. I don't want to make you do something you don't want to do. No, it's my job to make you do stuff you don't want to do. God put me in this world to make you do stuff that you don't want to do. That's my job. You don't want to take out the trash? You're going to take it out in the next six months. That's my job. Now it's yours. And I'm going to make you smile while you do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Smile. All the way out there and back. I'm watching. I don't want to eat these vegetables. Obviously they don't. They look disgusting. And some of them are. You don't want to eat them? That's all right. But here's the deal. I want you to grow up and be healthy. Because I love you. So I'm going to make you do. Because you probably don't want to brush your teeth either. And you probably don't want to take a bath. But nobody wants to smell you. And so I'm going to make you do things that you don't want to do. I'll tell you something else. Sometimes kids don't want to go to church. I don't want to church again. I mean, we go like seven times a week. Okay, if you don't want to go tonight, we'll stay home. It's my job to tell you it's my job to make you do things you don't want to do as a parent. And it's my job to make you do things that are right. It's my job to, and I'm not talking about being a jerk. Are y'all getting what I'm talking about tonight? I'm not talking about being a, uh, insensitive or being a jerk, but it is my job to lead you. And When I get done leading you, where are you going to be? The Apostle Paul learned this lesson of restraint in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 7 he states, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Although no one knows for sure exactly what this thorn in Paul's flesh was, we do know by reading verse 8 that Paul desired to be rid of it. Three times he asked the Lord that it might depart from him, but God's answer was not the removal of the thorn, but only this, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul's response to God's no gives great insight into Paul's character. Though he desired the removal of the thorn, he responded in, in, he responded in humble obedience to God's answer, trusting that God knew better than he did. The response of his heart was that of Christ in the garden when he said, not my will, but thine be done. He said, God, I want you to take this thorn from me. And God said, no. God, I want you to remove this from my life in Jesus' name. And 
God said no. Where does this generation get the idea that they can name it and claim it with Jesus and Jesus has got to do it? It's because they've been raised to believe that. And then they find out God didn't do what I asked him to do and he's supposed to do what I asked him to do because everybody told me that if I just asked him that he would do it and, and, and then they, well, I'm not going to pray anymore. God didn't do what I asked him to do. It's because you've got a wrong concept. God don't have to do, God don't have to answer your prayer the way that you want him to. And I'm glad that he's good at being God because if he did everything I asked him to do, I wouldn't be who I am or where I am today. It's the same with my parents. If they did everything I asked them to do, if, if, if all I had to say was no, God said, okay, well, I don't want to. I'm glad there's been times I've told God no and he come by again. God asked me to preach. I was... 12 years old, the first time I ever remember God dealing with me about preaching, and I said, no, not now, Lord, not now. When I'm older, please, but not now. Oh, I'm so glad that that wasn't the last time he asked me. I'm glad he didn't take no for an answer. But he kept dealing with me about it, dealing with me about it. Paul said, God, take this thorn from me. Take it, take it out of my life. And God said, No. Tell you what I'll do. I'll give you enough grace to live through it, to live with it. More times than not, if our children will learn to respond to God's no correctly, they will first learn to respond to the no of their parents. If they will learn to tell their own selves no, they will usually learn first to be told no by their parents. Let me ask you a question tonight. And, and move on. And I'll read this verse again. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Here's my question. Let me see how, I, how, to, how to word it. Um, are you all all right? That's not the question. But are you all with me still? Why are you so afraid? of being the bad guy. That you're not willing to be the good guy in the life of your children. You're so afraid of being the bad guy that you're not willing to be the good guy and what you don't realize while you're trying to be the good guy, you're actually the problem. No has never hurt anybody in the right sense. No, we don't do that. I don't understand why. All right, let me try to help you understand it. But even if you don't understand it, the answer is still no. And you may not ever understand it, or you may have to wait 20 years to understand it, but I'm going to help you understand it right now. No. Because I love you, because I said so. Because I'm your parent. And that child will learn, I don't always get what I want, and there's nothing I can do. I can't, I can't fight, yell, scream, kick. That only makes matters worse. And I'm not going to get what I want, so I might as well just obey the rules. And they may not like it today, but there'll come a day when they'll say, man, I'm glad I learned to be told no. Because there's no telling where I'd be now had I always got everything that I ever wanted.
Are you hearing me tonight? Let me give you this last, uh, I'm going to try to, 7 o'clock. How long have I been teaching? 45 minutes? How long has it been? I don't know. Let, let me give you this last one quickly. Y'all got five or six more minutes for me to give this last one to you. Here's the last lesson every Christian home should teach. I really like this one. Let me know. It's going to be a while before I can get back to it. Let me just give it to you. Responsibility, respect, restraint. Here's the last one in the child's home. Rest. Rest. You remember when you were a child, you were bored, had absolutely nothing to do. Wouldn't you like to relive some of those days, probably some of the greatest memories of your life when you think back are slow, simple times. Maybe kicking rocks down the driveway or rocking on the front porch swing with your feet dangling above the ground. My goodness, I feel like kids are missing out on so much these days. Climbing a tree or laying in the grass with the sun beaming down on your face. Did you ever lie awake at night and dream about what life would be like when you were grown? What you wanted to be, the places you wanted to go, things you wanted to accomplish. Did you ever just sit in silence and think? If so, you know something about rest. Unfortunately, that is a foreign word to most in today's society. With the rise of social media, the internet, television, music, and the list goes on, our minds are constantly cluttered with noise and information. The sad truth is just like adults, most children know absolutely nothing about quietness and rest. The need for entertainment has become the new normal. There's no short supply of opportunities to meet the need. Today's children and most adults for that matter don't know what to do if they're not being entertained. Most can't carry on a conversation without staring at their phone. Many can't sleep without the noise of the television or radio playing in the background. Hours are spent in front of the computer, the video game, the cell phones. No outdoor activities, no conversation, no rest. It's my job as a parent to teach my kids how to unplug and rest. To rest their mind, to rest their heart. To, I'm not talking about couch potato. I'm talking about real rest. Silence, unplugged from everything to fix their mind. We, we've got to be, I'm not going to finish this because this is too good. I don't want to rush it. So I'm going to close with this. We've got to be entertained. We've got to hear something. We've got to see something constantly. Do this for yourself this, this week. Go home and take a step back and look. Am I teaching these four lessons in my home? Am I teaching my children to respect me? Am I respecting their other parent? Am I teaching, and it may be a father, am I respecting their mother or it may be a mother, am I respecting their father? Am I teaching my children to learn responsibility and know how to do, to, to do something? Giving them something to do. Am I teaching my children restraint? Alright, here's what we're going to do. We've given you this phone, but this week I want you to turn it in. and I want you to live without it. Because I don't want you to become dependent on it. 
Okay, we're going to take this video game out of your room, which will probably be a good idea anyhow because they're all hooked up to the Internet. And you do realize that they're all chatting with somebody outside there. Every one of them who's got it hooked up to the Internet is chatting with somebody. Right, we're going to remove this from your room this week, and we're going to let you figure out how to do something that doesn't involve a game. And we're not saying we're taking it away forever. We're not saying that it's just bad and it's on. It's, all it is is a box. We're not saying that it's just the most horrible thing, but I want you to know how to do something else besides that. And here's the, are, are my kids learning how to rest? I'm not talking about going to bed. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about laying on the couch. I'm talking about unplugging from everything. We're losing our minds and we're losing our generation because we are entertained to death. And nobody sits on the porch anymore and meditates. Nobody sits on the swing and thinks. Everybody is being thought for. Somebody's doing all of our thinking and we're taking in the information and repeating it to somebody else. Are y'all hearing me tonight? And you know it's that way in your life, and it's no different in the life of your children. Lord, I, I pray you'd take this. You, you've been faithful to help us this whole time, and I thank you for it. There's a lot more we're going to get into. Lord, I'm going I'm to stop tonight, leave it with them tonight on this. And I pray, God, that you would, that you would help us. Uh, I pray, God, that you would... Uh, take these, these truths, and Lord, may we realize the, 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 the truth behind them. God, there's lessons. If they're going to be taught, I've got to teach them. It's not the teacher's responsibility. It's not even the preacher's responsibility. It's mine as a parent. God, to, to, to take a stand. I can't change the whole world, but help me to change mine. The world that, I, uh, that is living amongst me and around me. Lord, we ask you to do these things tonight. We thank you for them. Thank you for this opportunity. May we, may we apply these lessons. We'll love you for it. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.